listening to the Tabernacle of Prayer Sermon of the Week. We pray today's message will empower you to grow in the Lord. For more information and resources, visit toprc.org. Read for me, uh, read for me, it's 12 verses, okay? Uh, uh, Joshua 5, read, read those verses for me so I can explain to you what God is doing and then I'm going to stop. We're going to pray, and then we're going to go on, okay? Yeah, start from verse 1. Joshua 5 and 1. And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan eastward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were on the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted Neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. At the time, the Lord said unto Joshua, make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness Till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they had obeyed not the voice of the Lord. Unto whom the Lord swore that he would not slow them and them the land which the Lord swore unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in the places in the camp until they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. My God, wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at, e at evening in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Can you say, bless be the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to do this the best I can. You may have your seat. Um, this is my topic for today. And I usually don't do topic stuff, but I'm going to do this, and I need you to pay attention so we can get this in our spirit. Uh, the, the, the subject for today is your possession is a matter of your position. Okay. 
I need you to repeat that because y'all were a little quiet. And I need y'all to be a talk back church today. I need you to say your possession. possession. That ain't good enough. There's too many people in here to sound like that. Your possession possession. is a matter of your position. position. God ain't re-promising you anything. You're just in the wrong place. Okay. I'm just, I, I just got to give it to you the way I, uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You, God already promised you Canaan, but Canaan don't come to you. You got to go to where Canaan is. If you are not willing to go to where Canaan is, you will always be watching it, but never possessing it. Now, let's jump into this. Y'all going to talk back to me. If y'all don't talk back to me, I'm, it's, it's not going to be a pretty day. Just talk back to me. Amen. Make me feel like I'm in a sanctified church. Somebody say amen. Let's practice. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, God, what is the definition of position? Position is a place where something or someone is located or has been put. A particular way in which someone or something is placed or arranged. Put or arranged in a particular way. He pulled out a chair and and positioned it between them. Uh, It's a place, it's a location, it's a situation. All right? Now, God doesn't use just a place, he uses a person. So Joshua, he calls Joshua, Joshua the son of Nun. Right? Uh, He's not... When he says the son of none, none is not a, it's none is not N-O-N-E. It's N-U-N, okay? It's a person. It's a father, all right? It's a, he has a father. But I want you to take, take this. God's bringing you from a place of nothing. Obscurity. Some of you coming up now to be used of God, we can't trace you. We can't trace you on purpose. Because God now has to break protocol to use you. Okay. Uh, he has to bypass certain things to use you. Your, your mother wasn't a pastor. Your father wasn't a bishop. But God got that call on your life. Uh, y'all, y'all, didn't, y'all didn't get that. You got a drug past. You didn't come from holiness. But you're declared holy. Yeah, you still got sin in your life right now, but it don't matter if you say yes, because he'll clean you up while you're going. Listen, when the lepers, the lepers didn't get healed coming to Jesus. That's a trick. Most of you want to come to Jesus and be healed. Coming to Jesus is obedience and humility, but leaving him. When he sends you, you get healed. And the Bible says, as they went, not as they stayed. So some of you got to leave somewhere to get somewhere. I better stop as a prophet. You better leave a certain mindset and get to where you need to get. That's where your healing comes. Your healing doesn't come in trying to cleave to something. It comes in trying to leave something. As they went, they were healed. They were cleansed from leprosy, leaving him. Everybody else got healed when he touched them. They got healed by being obedient. Get away from me. Ooh, God. 
You got to get away from certain people in your life. They're not helping you. There's a season where you got to, I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I went through. There's a season of the leaving. There's a season of the leaving and believing that he sent you to nothingness. Paul goes in the desert for three years and ain't got nobody to teach him but the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah to God. Y'all not hearing me. And so there's a point where you got to be, you got to go, you got to go to a place that's uncomfortable and uncharted for you. Doesn't seem like that would be a fit. Don't worry about a fit. Worry about a teaching. God has to teach you something. God made me very uncomfortable. He caused this place to be the worst place. So I can get my lesson and come back with something else. You understand? So God now needs, he has, he has a position for the possession. But Moses can't lead him there. Now, I got a lot of church people in here who know the word. But I need you to hear this. Every generation produces a Joshua. There ain't such, there's not a one, one Joshua generation. Every generation has a Moses and a Joshua. It's just that Moses was obedient. And sometimes Joshua's are, won't go. I need you to hear me. Every generation has a Moses and a Joshua. At some point, I had to become Joshua. But at another point, I got to now become Moses. Okay, man, I wish you would hear me. At some point, I was the Joshua that was a rebel that has to fight. But at another point, I have to switch so Joshua can come from me. You can't stay Joshua, but don't miss your Joshua moment. Because if you miss the Joshua moment, you'll never be a Moses. Because the credit that Joshua did goes back to Mo- Lord. He don't, God don't never, okay. I, I, I need you to hear me. That your obedience makes you move in stages. You should be becoming something. But when you stay still, you become nothing. And you get frustrated in your not becoming. Stay still too long. Right? You got to become something. Right? Sons don't stay sons because they become fathers. Daughters become mothers. Right? Am I wrong? We start switching position. Then you start giving your mother advice. Lord, I'm okay. You start saying stuff like, Ma, you shouldn't do that. And at one point, if you opened up your mouth and said that, you'd be slapped. But because you got the experience now, you can speak to your own mother and she go, okay. Okay. Y'all, uh, Somebody, I need you to say this to yourself. Switch your position. God, hey, glory to God. Somebody say, yes, Lord. God needs a Joshua. So he pulls a Joshua. So we got to go back. I'm going to make this quick. So he goes back. Go back to Exodus, the 17th chapter, and you'll see the first mention of Joshua. He's mentioned fighting. He's not, he's mentioned fighting. He's fighting the Amatites, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Amalekites. He's fighting either one of those. He's fighting the Amorites, whatever it is, one of the A's. He's fighting. 
the A's and the I's. He's fighting that. That's what you got in your life. I'm not going to go there, but you got the A's and the I's. Put it together. Uh-huh. And you got to fight one of those or both of them at the same time. Right. You need to be known for fighting at some point. And you don't need to be known for slapping people and fighting them. I know I come from that era, but you don't, you need to be known for fighting devils now. You need to graduate from people and be a deliverer. You need, my God, we don't care how strong you are, brother. We don't care if you can knock people out. We don't care. We want to know how many demons you got under your belt. How many devils can you pray out of people? How many people can you deliver from being oppressed of the devil? We don't need to know your strength. We need to know how strong you are spiritually. You need to be known for that. You need to be known for your prayer. You need to be known for your prayer life. You need to be known that somebody can come to you and get love, get understanding. You need to be known for it. You, you, need, to be, you need to be known as a son that transitioned to a father, not a son trying to be a father. And the reason why I'm saying that, because you need to be known for your strict and swift obedience to a person, not just God. You need to be known that when leadership talk to you, you don't question it and look at them. What? It's the wrong thing to do. What you say? What? Sucking your teeth and saying what? No. Uh-uh. You need to be known for your humility. Amen. Good leadership brings humility out of you. You ain't got to try to be humble. It just, you just humble yourself. You know the spirit that they carry. Amen. I get in front of certain bishops and, and apostles and I say, yes, sir. Yes. Yes, I will. I, that's what I still do in the morning. I play my role. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. I don't have to, but my spirit is bent to, yes. Yes, sir. Because God looks at your humility. Your humility is how high you can go. Lord, you can't go higher than your humility is. It doesn't make sense as an oxymoron, but you go no higher as much as you can bend down. Some of you ain't got no, 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 your humility level is on, on an all-time, it's on an all-time high. <laughs> can't say low. Right? It's on an all-time high. And you got to learn how to bend yourself. So let's get through this. So Joshua, we see him fighting. Then let's jump to Joshua 32 and 17. Now, I need you to look at this. Remember when the children of Israel start bugging out and, they, and Aaron, the priest, he makes a golden calf and they start dancing around, taking off their clothes, bugging out, drinking and, and smoking whatever was growing in the woods there. And... <laughs> <laughs> and drinking and taking their fermented wine and they dancing around the calf, golden calf, golden calf, and they dancing around looking foolish. And I asked myself this question, was Joshua a part? And, and the word of God says, and when Moses went to the mountain of God, he went up to meet God for the commandments. When he's going to get the commandments, the Bible says that Joshua went with him, but could not go all the way. 
So he was on Mount Sinai, the Mount of God. He was waiting for the man of God in the lower presence of God. Lord, I need you to hear this. That there's some, and I need to talk to some of you who are called the remnant because you did not bow down. You did not bow down to what everybody was dancing around. The church was dancing around a notion that was wrong. And you decided, I got to go a little higher than this. This ain't the right thing. I'm going to stay away. Now I got to separate myself. I may not be all the way up, but I'm not going to be all the way down. I am not dancing around no golden calf. I'm not dancing around nobody else's notion. I'm going to stay where the presence is. I need somebody to say, I'm staying where the presence is. I may not go all the way up, but I'm staying where the presence is. I ain't dancing around your idea the golden calf is an idea of holiness because now we have an idea of holiness which means freedom you can have your freedom you can dance around y'all quiet but I'm going to go there you can dance around every notion keep on watching Larry Reed you dance around every flag in every rainbow, you listen to, okay, y'all quiet. I'm going to start thinking you're suspect. You dance around everything. Oh, well, God loves it all. Yes, he does. But there's requirements. There's requirements in court. There's no requirements in church. It's very funny, and I need to say this. It's very funny, Elder, that when Jesus comes out from the wilderness, the first thing he meets in church is a young man who's been there, but he's possessed. Because Jesus is carrying something that the church ain't carrying. They're doing rituals. They're, doing, they're reading. They're doing everything, and the demon in him is not bothered. He's not bothered until light shows up. Maybe this is the reason why they didn't want you where you were. Because you bring a light. You bring a light that exposes the truth. All you got to do is sit there and they don't like it. They get uncomfortable because something came in with you. The rituals of the church are going on, but the light ain't there. And demons can sit there and go along with your ritual. But as soon, as soon, as soon as the light hits the room, they get uncomfortable. They start speaking out. What are you doing here, Jesus? It's Jesus' house. It's his father's house. And they're asking the son, what are you doing here? That means he's never been there before through anybody else. Okay. Uh, You got to get out of churches that don't know the presence of God. You got to get out of church where preachers are preaching and ain't got no presence of God. You got to get out of places where there's no healing and there's no deliverance and everything that we're supposed to be doing in the book, it ain't happening. Why are you there? You got to get out of places that make you cold. When you leave, you leave confused. You got to get out of places. You got to leave people's cars and houses that they, when you be in their presence, their spirit turns you completely off. Why are you still there? Why are you still friends with people? Why? Every time you're with them, there's a confusion. Why? Look at somebody and tell them, simply leave and take your light with you. 
if you're not going to cast it out, leave. If you ain't casting it out the place, leave. Oh, trust me. I got stories for you. Me and Pastor Andrew were together in the church. See, y'all play with this thing. You have not been exposed. I was at a church where it was nothing but devils in it. Witches. When I, me and Pastor Andrew was walking down the aisle, they were hissing at me. Hissing. In a church. Hissing. We walking down the aisle and the girl's contorting and her hand is going places where it's turning and it's, it's impossible, physically impossible. And, I, and the witches were even scared. And I had to take her hand and bend it back in the name of Jesus. Her body was snapping in and out of her. Uh, it was unbelievable. And I, I got mad and I said, how can you mix the holy and the unholy? I, in, in the spirit realm, I saw them mixing God with trinkets sitting on their, their ledges. I said, take them things down. When I said that, they were it was a church. And at the end, when I was sick, I was tired of casting out devils, to be honest. I was tired. Was two nights of just pure, <laughs> it was pandemonium. I was tired. And the, and, the, and the leader of the church, I don't even want to say the leader of the church, I was singing a song, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. She fell forward after she gave her testimony, how she had the power of God. She fell forward and started barking like a dog. And, and, it, and it, it got to me because I said, God's people are buying this. They're buying that this is, this is the way. This is the way. It, it, it reminded me of the damsel that was saying, these are the men of God that show you the way. These are, she was a witch telling the truth. It was a lie. Imagine Satan telling you the truth. It's a lie because it's coming out of his mouth. These are men of God that show you the way. These are men of God that show you the way. These are men of God that show you the way. And when he was vexed in his spirit, he turned to her and said, come out of her. What came out if she was telling the truth? Maybe we are confused about the truth because the truth has to come out something that's truthful. It can't be a witch lying to you. It, and it cannot be the church who's taken a position of stagnation. Right. Uh, I'm going to get in trouble today. I know I am. Yeah, I know I'm going. I know I am, but I don't care. Because if we don't start telling you how to get free and use what's in you, you'll die bound. And you'll be very mad by the time you get 65 because you will have done nothing of what you were called to do. And some people will, hallelujah, some people will die and go to hell because God will say, what did you do with what I gave you? And you'll say, I waited, God. I waited on you. And he'll say, no, I never told you to wait. I never, oh, wait on the Lord. and be. That has nothing to do with you not doing what you're called to do. You, if you don't move your feet, you don't get to, you don't get to possession. Possession is stationary. Do you understand that Canaan land was made in Genesis? <laughs> oh, my. Yo. Uh, okay. This is going to blow your mind. 
that Canaan was prepared for God's people and he hadn't even chosen them yet. There was no Israel. Do you understand? Read the book of Genesis. There is no Israel. But there's a promise. There's always a promise before possession. Lord. Okay. There's a promise over your life that you'll be something. Now you got to possess it by walking into it. Not waiting for somebody to pull you in it. I'm waiting for them to call me up. I'm waiting for them to put a, yo, go get a collar and put it around your own neck and see what happens. You don't need a pulpit to preach. Go outside and start declaring the works of the Lord. You don't need nobody to, if you're waiting on a, Lord, I almost said something, but I'll say it because it's my church. If you're waiting on a Negro, if you're waiting on somebody to do it, they're not going to do it because they are afraid of what's in your belly. And what's in your belly will expose what's in them. So the best thing for them to do is suppress you until you quit. Just suppress you until you quit. I'll sit on you and say, wait on God. It's not time yet, baby. <laughs> it's not time. So God had to move me so I could move. I had to get frustrated with me. It don't matter if you dream. What good of it is if not public. Okay. Stop passing dreams to one another. It's supposed to be told to the masses. But because you have not released yourself, oh God, you talk to an audience of two when it's supposed to be an audience of 200. What good is it that God is moving in your spirit and you say nothing? You call the next person close to you. They had the same dream. And then we go back. You know what God told me? Nah. 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 You know what God... One day I was doing that with my friend and I said, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of saying what God showed me. I got 25 years of what he showed me. Now you need to know. Now you need to know. Now you need to know. Then you become a testimony. Not a hidden secret. You become a public display of the power of God. Lord Jesus. Uh, okay. Let me get through here. So now, let's do the scriptures. Joshua is now used because it's his time. I'm, I'm declaring to a lot of you, it's your time. I need you to say, it's my time. Moses, my servant, is dead. So now I'm calling you, Joshua, come on up, come to the forefront. Come here, and I'm going to use you. Moses could not bring my people to the final destination, but you will. Now, God, this is what he does. I'm following the scripture. God, when we get to chapter 5, we see something happening. They have crossed. The first miracle is, is remember they came over the Red Sea. Now, the Red Sea was a sea. The Jordan is not a sea. The Jordan is not as deep, nowhere near what the Red Sea is. But the Jordan can still get you stuck. Yes. The job of the devil now is not to drown you because he lost that first battle. The second battle is to get you stuck. To get you stuck at looking at what God has in front of you, but stuck in the mud. 
stuck looking at what God has prepared for you, but never achieving it because I'm stuck here. I'm stuck in hurt. I'm stuck in church hurt, church pain, family issue. I'm stuck. Can't do what God has for me because I'm stuck looking. So God gets them over the Jordan, and now they're looking at Jericho. It starts off to say, it starts off to say that they, 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 they got to this place, and now there's five kings. Five kings are, are scared. Their, their hearts, the Bible says their hearts melted within them because they heard of the miracle, Lord. They heard of the crossing. Um, no one will be afraid of you if you don't cross over. I, I need, please tell somebody, cross over this one. Uh, okay, please, please, please. If you don't, <laughs> and, you, and see, this is, what, this is what God will do. He'll put what you need to cross in your spirit right now. Cross over this one. Get over this one. If you don't move your feet over this, you'll be looking at it. So cross over this one. Cross over. When you cross over this, now you, now, now God, now God got the next step. Um, what's the next step? The next step is not possession. The next step is foreskin, cutting. Oh, God. Cut. Brothers, women don't understand. Cut your foreskin. These are not, now I want you to hear me. This is the, I want everybody to be with me now. This is significant because this is not boys cutting themselves. This is men that are in their 20s cutting. Now the reason why they got to be circumcised, the Bible says this, that the men of war, the first set of men, they were circumcised, but they couldn't make it in. They were circumcised. Their, their reproach was rolled back but they couldn't make it in because they weren't obedient. So that means you could be ritualistic, but still not make it in. So what God did was he killed all of them off. He got tired of them so much complaining and talking about what they were eating. So you got to watch your mouth in this season. You better tell everybody. You better watch what you say in this season. You can't let certain things come out of your mouth and think maybe nobody heard it, but God heard it. You better watch what you say in this season because God is taking account how much you run in your mouth. They simply, hallelujah to God, they simply did not believe the word of God. So he killed them off but kept their children alive. God. <sighs> because when God makes a promise, he's going to keep it alive even if you got to do it through your kids. You better answer the call before your kids answer it. Because you may say no, but God will put something in your family that they'll say yes and they'll do it and you'll have to watch them. And then he'll kill you off. You'll be, you won't be relevant to the time. So, so, so now, hallelujah, almost done. So now hear me, hear me. Y'all with me? So you with me? Are you with me? Okay, so now he, he tells them, hallelujah, I'm getting drunk up here. He says to them, he says, he says, cut the foreskin. So can you imagine? This is, the, the, the timing is crazy. 
And the reason, the reason why it's crazy is because they just crossed over and you would think they would need to shout the victory. No, you got to roll back the reproach because Egypt is still following you. These kids never seen Egypt. This is what's crazy about this. They were born in the wilderness. They never experienced Egypt, but the spirit of Egypt was in them. What's the Lord? Is it necessary for me? Yeah, the Lord is saying that you need to get rid of what you remember. Ministry for you will not look like what it was. Ministry for you is going to be what I called it to be. It will never be. Uh, you will never. I don't. I can't. I can't keep going back to my mother's days and Johnny Washington's days and and Arturo Skinner's days. I can't keep going back to A. A. Allen days and thinking that God is going to move in me like that. It was good to watch and it helps my faith. But what is God doing in me? Can God use me to pray? for the sick can God use me to walk into a morgue and pull somebody up out of being dead for days why do you keep talking about what God did back then but won't do through you why so God now has to roll back the reproach of unbelief why are you cutting the skin because if you don't cut it you will go back to doing what your parents did because the only thing you got in you is what was passed to you. The only thing you got. You, you are pa- I want you to hear this part. You are passing something through your bloodline. Because it was passed to you and never dealt with. I keep telling you. I never met my dad. Never met him. I don't know who my father is. But somewhere down the line, he did drugs. Because I was too good. I was too good at it. I never, I never, yo, I, I, you, I, I, you think I'm kidding. I'm a church boy. My mother had me in church. What am I doing with drugs? And why was I, I never coughed. My first take, I never coughed. I took, I took a powder and put it to my nose and was driving. What in the world is that? Why would I even do something crazy like that? Do you, do you understand the situations that I've been in, in, in as a church boy with people with guns and crazy stuff? Fights unbelievable. Unbelievable. You wouldn't believe it. And I'd be on the organ on Sunday. Wiping my head like, yo, what just happened? No one would believe me. Because I didn't even have that disposition. Because something was passed that was not told me. And how I know it was passed, I liked it too quickly. Okay. I won't say all the other stuff, but I liked it too quickly. It's too quick that I jump on it. Ain't no way I learned this. It was in me. It didn't. It wasn't on me. It was in me. 
couldn't get enough of violence in football and couldn't get enough. Yeah, I played sports. My, I can't, I played sports since I was eight, nine years old. I had to. I had to lift weights. I had to do all that stuff. My family required it. My family's sports people. Anybody know the Youngs? They sports people. Everybody played something, right? Cousins went to college. One cousin played professional football. Scotty played football professionally. We had a standard. But all that other stuff, where did it come from? It came from the bloodline. It was passed along, and it's on an altar that never got broken down. Your sexual appetite was in your mother. She just didn't tell you. Was in your father, didn't tell you. They're not going to tell you what they dealt with, but it comes out when you're 30 years old, and you'd be wondering, what in the... I'm so verklempt. What is this? What is this? And you don't know, and they never said, yo, I dealt with it. Now it overtakes you, and you wonder where it came from. And instead of you dealing with it, you pass it. It becomes, it becomes your secret. Okay. See, churches won't deal with it, right? It becomes your secret. And now you got to deal with it in secrecy and be called. Oh, I don't hear nobody. You deal with it and you're called and it grows. That's why the Lord, he said, let the wheat and the tares grow together. Because if you cut it, you'll cut the whole thing. But if I cut it, I cut it in half. I am so precise with my cut that I don't cut you. I cut what grew up with you. So now there has to be precision, precision to cut the foreskin from grown men. With, and the Bible says, and, they, and, and Joshua made flint. He made flint. He made razors out of flint. That's rock. He took sharp stones. This ain't blades. This ain't metal. This is cutting foreskin with a rock. And I said this morning, it would not be me. I'd be like, hey, Brother Joshua, shoot me. Get that arrow and take my life. I ain't getting on this line. Can you imagine brothers being online waiting? And you hear them? Ah! And you next. No. I don't know anybody here that's going to just, <laughs> I'm next, God. No. But they willingly, thousands of people, you know how bloody that day was? Now, this is, what, this is where I bring everybody together. That they obeyed the voice. They didn't hear God say it. They heard Joshua say it. Can you be cut by your leader and trust him? Can your leader tell you something? Right, everybody now. <laughs> everybody looking down on the floor like the answer's down there. It ain't down there, baby. Come on. You don't trust your leader enough. Let me tell you something. This is a secret. This is a secret. Remember the story with, um, remember the story with uh, Joseph and his brothers? 
Remember Joseph and his brothers? Everybody? Remember when Joseph is in Egypt and his brothers are coming to him and they're going and they don't know that they're brothers because he doesn't, he has all his hair shaved off. And, and the Bible says that, that he, he played along with it for a while. But then he closed the door and told everybody to get out. We, we don't understand what he did. What he, hey, glory to God. What Joseph did was he put all the Egyptians out of the room and kept his brothers in. Pulled his pants down and turned around. They saw he was circumcised. No Egyptians are circumcised. They showed, he showed his circumcision. That's how they knew it was their brother. This is the new leadership that we don't mind exposing ourselves. telling you my pain. That's why I speak it from the pulpit so nobody can run with it. I don't mind telling you I got issues. That's the reason. Lord Jesus. I don't mind telling you all my issues so you can help me pray for them. And when I get over mine, I help you with yours. But all the stuff I'm over right now, I preach to you. So that was the day of exposure. Oh, <laughs> It's the day of exposure where they're exposing themselves. And it's a bloody day. I'm almost done. But God stays the hand of the enemy that that would be the perfect time to attack. Now, this will help Pastor Andrew because there's two brothers that attacked. They made Simeon and Levi, right? Remember in Genesis, they, 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 they took because they were mad that Dinah, their sister, got raped. So what they did was they made the men of the city circumcise themselves. And when they circumcised themselves and couldn't fight, they killed every man. That's why they lost their inheritance. You understand? So now, yeah, read it for yourself. You'll see it in Genesis around 32. Some, uh, you, you'll see that they took advantage of the circumcision. But the enemies could not take advantage. So while God is working on you, your enemies can't attack you. Okay, y'all. If you will deal with you, God will protect you. If you will roll back your reproach. Let me say it again. If you will roll back what you're dealing with. If you will help Lord Jesus. If you will let it be cut. If you'll let it be cut, they won't attack you. Everybody understand me? So now they're still afraid. They're afraid. The kings are afraid of bloody men. Men who can't fight. So now they don't do anything for weeks. Months. How long does it take for you to repair from, from that cut? <laughs> they don't do nothing for weeks and months. And they sit in there. And now they get themselves together. And now they have to do something. Now they make, the, there's a Passover. After the circumcision, the Israelites celebrated Passover at Gilgal. Gilgal means the rolling back. It means a circle of stones, the rolling back, the rolling back of reproach. It becomes a place of remembrance. Then there are memorial stones set. The Joshua commands the men, the 12 men to take 12 stones, put them in the Jordan. The Jordan was low enough to put stones, but high enough to get you stuck. Wow. Wow. 
So we're going to commemorate what God brought us through. We're not going to just do away with it. We're going to commemorate it but walk away from it. Stop staying where God was and be where God's going. Stop staying in your mind where God was. You, I remember when it used to, yeah, great. I remember when it used to too. But if I stay back there, I'll never get to where I'm going. My deliverance is conquering Jericho. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Joshua leads these people. But this is where I'm going to end at. Uh, and I'm going to have to do part two to this. The Bible says that when they now ate the corn of the land, it was called old corn. Somebody say old corn. It was old to the land, but new to them. I'm done. Hear me. It's old corn to the land. That means it was corn that was already there. Corn that had fallen down. They, they're eating old corn. Now, because the manna, manna and quail is what they were used to for 40 years. God fed them. I'm done. For 40 years, they got a miracle, but not a blessing. For 40 years, God gave them miracle food, but, they, but it was to feed their appetite, but not for their taste. If I got a taste for grapes and God won't give me nothing but manna, then I got to eat what God gives me. But when, God, when you really fulfill what God has told you to do, he'll meet your taste buds. Lord, okay. Man, y'all don't want that. I, I would preach it if I had the strength. But this is the, you got to understand something. That they haven't, that these kids never seen corn. They were used to manna and quail. There is no corn in their diet. There's only what God gave them. Manna, and I preached this before, you can find it out. Manna was a curse. Because of the hardness of their heart, God said, I'll feed them, but I'm only going to give them manna, and I'm only going to give them quail. And they can't keep it. You can't store it. And what you can't store is not a blessing. Okay. Miracles go away after it supplies your need for that time. But a blessing is generational. Lord, I wish some of y'all should have got happier. I'm just about done here. You keep praying for a miracle. God send me a miracle. God send me a miracle. But that's only going to last for the day you need it. But a blessing's going to go from you to your children, to your grandchildren, to your grandchildren's grandchildren. I need somebody to say, Lord, give me a blessing. Okay. Now, let me finish here and I'm done. I'm going to pray for some people and we're done. Okay, listen to me. Did this help you? Listen to me. The Bible says that the day they ate the old corn, the manna stopped. So the Lord sent me here today to tell, to tell you, which one do you want? Which one? Which one do you want? As long as you stay here, as soon as you eat from the land that you're going to possess, I'm stopping. <laughs> I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm not giving you no more from this. Now it comes from this. Okay, you didn't get happy enough there. You're going to get happy what you grow. 
not what I throw down at you. Now you can plant seeds and see the system that I made. Because man is not a system. Oh, man. It's what I rained down, but it's not a system. I made, you're going to experience what I made in the garden. From Genesis. There's no manna in Genesis. That means it's not supposed to be. Oh, God. But because you would not believe me, I can't call you my people and not feed you. But I wanted to feed you from the ground that I made in Genesis. But because you didn't have a home, I couldn't let you grow nothing. Okay, still ain't get it yet. Because you're wondering why stuff ain't growing in your life. Because you ain't got no home in your life. You're in, you're in the wrong land. Canaan land produces. We know they got grapes bigger than your forehead, but you won't ex- access it because you keep doubting where you're supposed to be. Your feet are in the wrong place. You see the two. Now, this is how God's system works. The two spies that believed are the two spies that access the land. The ten spies died with the rest of them. Do you understand? Let me help you. Caleb is 80-something years old, right? Joshua ain't 40. He's around the same age. So age has nothing to do with access. Do you understand what I just said? That Joshua is like 80-something years old leading young people into a new territory that they've never seen before. And then all of a sudden, they go, look, it's corn. We could never pick up. Oh, God. While we was following God, we could never pick up food and eat it. We didn't have time to go into vineyards. We didn't have time to eat grapes. We didn't have time to enjoy wine and food. We didn't, we didn't kill nothing. We had no deer meat. We had no pork. We didn't have no cow. We had little birds and manna. And now, the first day, the Bible calls it old corn, not new corn. Because the abundance of old was new to them. What God is getting ready to do in this season, you can play a little bit. I'm not, I'm not preaching. What God is getting ready to do is make what's old to him new to you. Man, and the new to you is going to be so good. See, when you get a taste of the possibility, you'll never want what you had. Okay. All right. What? When you get a taste of what God going to do for you, wants to do for you, and it's old, it's not even new. It's not even, you pick up what's old and eat it. You'll find out that manna is not even worth it anymore. What I've seen in the past is not even worth it. My old church, my old family, my old friends, it's not even worth it. I'm going to leave them and change my position from my possession. If anybody believes that, I need you to praise God on that notion that I got to change. 
Simply, listen, simply walk away and stand in where he got you. Why, you know, we used to, apostles used to say this, why die before your time? Why, why be stagnant when you can grow? You know, a lot of us, and I'm done, a lot of us are trying to plant in sand. We're trying to plant in a place that's not conducive. Can I tell you something? Where, let, me, let me rock with no music for one second, Vaughn, and I'm going to bring you in. You know what the problem is, saints? Let's just be honest. That we have gotten so used to the way that we were taught that God can't break that. So when we don't have it, we leave everything all together. And stay neutral. And there's no neutral in God. Neutral is offensive to the Holy Ghost. You know what God said about neutral? Because you're not cold nor hot, out of my mouth. I can't take you not being on the side. I'd rather deal with you all the way cold. But because you're in the middle, I can't take that. You're a little bit of the devil and a little bit of me. Nah, nah, I'm good with that. I, I don't want none of that. The Lord needs you today to make a decision. Do you understand? Make a decision what you're going to do. I had to make a decision in my life that I'm going to leave every negative thing that I know about me and that people know about me to preach the gospel. Because I was a jokester. I was everything. Right? And I said no. I said, y'all know my story. But I kept saying no to the Lord. You know what changed my mind about saying no to the Lord? That God would say no to me. That the day I said yes, he would say, nah, I'm good. I called you with every deficiency and you told me no. Therefore, I was going to fix it for you. Now I'm not. So now I'm writing Ichabod. I departed. I can't. How long is God going to wait for you to move? You, you have said no so long. You, you say ministry is, ah, I'll let somebody else do it. Ah, 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 let somebody else preach. I'm not, nah, let, eh. Why would he call you and then refuse you? Why would he say you are this? And you know you. You know why you know you're this? Because you've been dreaming about it so long. Oh, Tesha Mashatoa. Lord, I just felt. You've been dreaming about you doing other stuff for so long that now you just think like it's just a dream. It's not a message from God. You've been dreaming about healing your own family, breaking yokes, doing all this stuff. You've been dreaming about it. You've been having visions and feeling yourself elevated over your family, Joseph. You just told your dream too early. You got all this stuff in you, and you denied it because you got denied. You know how many times I got denied? I got denied by my own mother. She's dead and gone now. But I got denied by her. When I caught, when I, after I preached here in 2000, my mother told me, hey, I, hey, don't be trying to take my church. And I said, hey, mom, what are you doing? What are you talking about? I had experience with the Lord. I shut in here for three days, three days to see if I was really called to preach. I dealt with devils 
by myself in this church. And people, the Holy Ghost was so strong up in here that Sunday. Never forget it. Never forget it. I never touched a man, never touched a woman. And they came up, came up here. And I remember they were just falling. Never touched him. Prophesied the first time. Nobody taught me how to prophesy. I didn't know I was a prophet. That wasn't big in our ministry. God had to call me to break the, the normal. I didn't grow up being Eloise Young. She was a powerhouse. Did she prophesy? Yeah. She called babies and all that stuff. But she said she wasn't a prophet. So the Lord raises me. And then when my mother got sick and everybody was denying stuff, she comes in here limping. Remember that, Kellen? Comes in here and they give her the mic. And she goes, this is my beloved son. And whom I'm well pleased, hear ye him. And drops the mic and sits down. She said, I didn't believe in prophets until my son. He's a real prophet of God. My mama, with all my stuff, who, you won't change lives until you take a step in the unknown. And it hurts. Because when, hey, when you take a step, God don't fix everything. He makes you go through everything. You want God, you want to take a step and you walk into a brand new land. Some of y'all so hooked on stuff, I can see it on you right now. Hooked on stuff. Still, you know why some of y'all still smoke and drink? Because you got nothing else to do. Because there's no spiritual responsibility on you. So you can take a social break. But if you know it, you got to fight a demon every week. I bet you you wouldn't. But because there's no, because there's no responsibility on you, you could do whatever you want to do. You can feel however you want to feel because you have no responsibility. But once you get some responsibility on your gift, you won't. Okay. All the stuff I had to fight in these from, since 2010, you couldn't tell me that I would have to fight witches that were actually coming to church and start chanting and holding hands. You could not tell me. You know how many witches came here to destroy the service? One lady came here. I don't know if you remember that night. The lady was an older lady. She was pretty, too. She was probably bad back in her day because she was gorgeous. I couldn't believe it. Flawless skin, but she was wearing a medallion that was throwing me off. And she started clapping real loud when I was ministering. So it was, her clap was so loud, yo, it was, it was not human. And I called her up to the front, and she came up here while I'm dealing with somebody else. And I touched her like this, and she bent over. She's standing this way facing this way and she went all the way back to her back was perpendicular to this pulpit like I couldn't believe it and Pastor Randy Jenkins got off the keyboard came all the way around he said it's the medallion <laughs> I hope you're watching Rance. it's the medallion and pulled the medallion off her neck and then she snapped back and was looking around like this she couldn't even snap out of it you know how many things happen here? Why would it be me? Why? You know, people came, people sent here. I came because we were sent. Sent by who? Who knows me? They don't know me, but the spirit realm knows my yes. Devils know when you say yes. They hate your yes. They love your no. 
Be somewhere where your yes is cultivated. Not set on. I've been in many church organizations. I didn't need that. I could have used my clout. I didn't need that. So I had to get in God and disappear. So I disappeared. I really did. I ain't go out with nobody. I had no friendships. I got married. They had no friends after that. I disappeared. I got up every morning, 5, 5.30 in the morning, because I had no prayer life. None. I didn't fast. I didn't do nothing. You can't get this way without discipline. You can go to the gym. You can cut out pork. You can cut out this, but you can't make yourself pray. You can go lift weights. You can do this. You can be diligent with your credit. You can do all that, but you don't pray. You got to pray. And don't, don't come to me with no prophecy and you ain't prayed over it. It's a word, but it's not a word from. I need a word from the Lord. I don't need a word from you. I don't need how you feel. I need what God is saying. I need a word that changes my atmosphere. Not a word that tickles my fancy. All these prophets, I've been several places. You don't hear what I'm saying. I've been, I'm done, I, I've been several places. I sat with prophets. I sat with apostles and felt nothing. I didn't feel no prayer coming off of them. And I knew what they would do would be fleshly. Sensuous. Not sexual. Sensuous. Based on the senses. I can look at you and say, oh, you're going through. I can see pain all over you, blah, 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 blah. Throw a few tongues at it, and because you're painful, you're sensuous. Your senses are talking to my senses. No one, there's a scripture that says no one knows the spirit of man like a man. That ain't God nowhere. Just talk to you. And you get so caught off guard with that that you think it's God. Because no one spent time in his presence to tell you exactly that it's you. This is what you're going through. Do this to get out of it. Not give $100 and shout, turn around. How you turn around three times and your life has changed? I'm a new man. And you buy it? And you, buy, you brought that. Turn around three times and say hallelujah and everything's on change. And you did it, because some of y'all in here did it, and nothing happened. Right? Give me $100, and you're going to change. No, you're just $100 less. I don't, that's why I take offering the last thing, so I can't come back. I trust the Lord. I don't take the offering twice, in the middle, and at the end. We should, but I don't. Because I want to get over something in me that depends on God completely. If I'm not called, he won't take care of us. Simple. Simple. If you don't give, we don't get. I ain't begging. I tell you what we need and I leave it. If you don't give it, you won't keep your money, keep it. He got to provide for what he, if he put a stamp on it, it's good as gold. All right, I want to pray for a few of you. I'm done. Anybody need to know the Lord? Thank you for listening to the Tabernacle of Prayer Sermon of the Week. To stay updated with Tabernacle Sermons, how to give, and other resources, 
visit us online at toprc.org.